0: Promised talk about Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Let's all talk about Halloween, Silver shamrock. Ho, welcome to another episode of 31 Days of Halloween here on the channel. We're on horror movie number five. This time we went with Netflix original film called Till Death starring Megan Fox. Uh, Here's what I had to say about it initially. Till Death goes through a continuous metamorphosis throughout its runtime that always left me pleasantly surprised just as I was getting to roll my eyes. At first, We are in some sort of setup that you'd find in a Hitchcock film or a Tales from the Crypt TV show episode. Things then shift with a sudden twist that I was not expecting, and we'll talk about it in in a second, that brings us into a scenario that I found far more intriguing than what either the book or the film of Gerald's Game has to offer. With the opening of a safe in the third act, we go into some Saw territory that once revealed should have felt more obvious at the beginning like a few other things that I will get to. Basically every 20 minutes or so, something new happens that earns enough goodwill despite the mounting story issues that I started to, you know, sort of nitpick and see that that should work against it. I found myself very forgiving because I was impressed. So here, here are some notes. So here's some, some notes that I was taking in real time as I was watching. Uh, it kind of starts off as a modern Hitchcockian thriller setup that meets Gerald's game, and you know, wrapped all together in Tales from the Cryptness, because it just feels like a Tales from the Crypt sort of idea of you know, cheating wife who ends up at the tail end of her husband's revenge. Megan Fox is perfect in this role. She d- she did a great job. I would have liked to have seen Alec Baldwin as the husband who is this very sort of like seemingly controlling, misogynistic kind of guy. He puts a steel collar around her neck on their anniversary. It's like the steel anniversary or something, or at least he makes that up, you know, because the, the story takes place on her anniversary. We find out very early on that Megan Fox is having an affair with a co-worker. Or I think maybe that, that gets revealed a little bit later. That, that's what the film does. It, it really sort of... Uh, just keeps revealing things as the story goes on. You go, oh, I, I didn't see that, or oh, okay, that, you know. Some of them are are obvious. Some of them are you're not expecting, but you're not surprised. And some of them are straight-up surprises, at least at what they were for me in that kind of way. So, you know, putting the collar on her, you know, we talk about a lot of thematic symbolism that I saw in this film. What is it with, that seems to be the theme for this year, talking about thematic symbolism. But yeah, the steel collar around the neck sort of shows his possessiveness of their relationship. He possesses her. He's a man of wealth and many things. And, you know, his wife is one of the many things that he possesses in his mind, that kind of thing. At first, I thought it was just another example of his character when the husband tips the server with Super Bowl tickets. Uh, But then we find out it's because he's planning on ending himself at 23 minutes and 46 seconds. Holy shit! I was not. I did not see that coming. Unlike Gerald's game, if you're not familiar with Gerald's game, woman is tied up because of some, you know, kinky sort of situation she's in with her husband. Husband has a heart attack and and dies, and she is left bound to the bed, and it becomes turns into a whole. Crazy scenario. And this is a sort of a twist on that. The husband handcuffs himself to Megan Fox. They drive out to a lake house, you know, property that they own, and have this romantic, sort of seemingly romantic sort of dinner. She's going through the motions, but he's sort of into it, but we don't understand what he's intended to do. He ends up ending himself, if you know what I mean by ending himself. And I was just shocked. I was not expecting that to happen. I thought it was going to be more Gerald's game like, where You know, uh, it's an accident, and then she's stuck handcuffed to this body, which would have felt like just a, a blatant ripoff of Gerald's Game. So you know that the writer is thinking, ah, Gerald's Game, but how can we make it different? And boy, did they find a way to make it different. Again, with theme being right on the sleeve, she literally becomes chained to the marriage as her husband gets revenge on her because he, he knows about the infidelity. And she has this like exposition-laden conversation with the corpse saying, You also cheated. I found lipstick on your collar and glitter and whatnot. So, which which had me wondering, because I'm going, why does a guy end himself? It, he would have to, it would have to be for love. He loves her, even if he is a prick, even if he's a misogynist, even if he's a terrible guy that he can't stand the thought that he's willing to throw his entire life and all his wealth away because he can't stand the thought to think of his uh, wife with someone else. And that worked for me. That motivation worked for me. And then this sort of idea that he's just... He literally did it just to get revenge on her did not work for me. And then they... They try and justify it a little bit later. The the lover that works for him, the guy he's he's a DA of some kind. The husband, the guy that she's having the the relationship with, she comes in and he goes, "Oh, we were raided, and you know he was going to go down anyway. He was going to go to jail. So you know this guy had sort of forfeited himself no matter what because of that. But it didn't work for me. It was too late. I would have been. I thought it would have been a much better story. You could have really stripped this down to its bare minimum and just sort of done this thing where it's like." She's stranded, because here's the thing, after he ends himself, she realized not only is she handcuffed, but there's no heat in the house. It's like super cold, like the heat was shut off. There's no sharp implements to maybe like sever a limb so that she could free herself. There's no gas in the car that they came in. Her cell phone is destroyed. She is stranded in in a very, very, very remote location in the middle of winter, right next to an icy lake. And she has no clothes. All of her clothes are gone. The only thing that's left is the wedding dress, you know? So he wants her to remain his wife, even sort of after death or something. There's like, all the, you know, he writes this letter till death, you know, the, the the film is called Till Death. And it's just very interesting because part of his revenge is that not only are you are going to drag me around, like you, she was feeling like she was dragging him around anyway, you're going to drag me around until you expire too. And then until death, we will be, or it's until death, we are apart, right? And then we'll be reunited in death. I don't know, some, there's some, some sort of symbolism thing. I'm not I'm not saying it right, but you, you get my point. You get my point. I even, I'm, I made the notes, like, why, why not just hack it off? And she can't, because there's no implement. So the script gets very thoughtful, like, oh, we're going to think of every single sort of thing. And then in certain areas, we're not going to think of things. We didn't think about, like, the husband thought about, went to all these lengths to think about all these things, but he didn't think about gas in a boat. That's off on the dock, and it's kind of like, come on. Or maybe he just didn't give his wife enough credit that she would drag the gas tank to the car and fill it up, and blah 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 blah. blah. And you know, she rebels. She doesn't put on the dress, despite it being the only thing to wear. That's how like repulsed she is by the whole situation. She does not wear the dress. She instead puts the his corpse on the dress and uses it to drag him along. And it reflects, again, the dragging of the marriage, dragging the, the weight. She's dragging weight this whole time. It's baggage. He literally becomes baggage. And I said here she rebels by not wearing the dress and using it in a debasing and truthful way of dragging him along in life and death the house being empty represents what he intends for her life without him and also what her life is like with him so it's kind of like a double a double entendre there a little bit the the messages are interesting and then all along and this comes up they got together because she she was his lawyer in a case where she was assaulted by this guy, an assailant. And, you know, they, they sort of really ham fist this at the beginning, setting something up that I just wasn't thinking about. Obviously, you know, using the principle of Chekhov's gun, this is going to come back in some way, shape or form. And I just couldn't see it. And then as it turns out, the husband, before he passed away, he, he told them, he told uh, the guy that assailed her that he put away for 10 years, if he would, you know, go there and, and, and do her in, that he could have the contents of what's in a safe. And in the process, he's creating this whole saw game, so he's kind of like jigsaw and saw as well. So we're getting all this like saw stuff happening, and you know it, it it works. It works enough that I'm like, okay, like there's problems here. Like you know, she's she's clearly got gonna get frostbite, but like for some reason she can endlessly walk on snow on her bare feet, and it just doesn't bother her, and she's not shivering ever. It's just kind of like, you know, after a while, you can't suspend your disbelief with some of these things. I wrote here, it's writing a fine line of suspension, and the dialogue does start to get literal, where she's dragging him up the steps and going, I dragged you in life, and now I'm dragging you in death. And then, you know, we get some hitmen, and it turns out the hitmen, one of the hitmen is the guy. So that was a nice reveal at 49.19. So at 49 minutes, 19 seconds, that comes in. Totally caught me off guard. And then we fall into cat and mouse syndrome. What's cat and mouse syndrome? You know it well. It's just an endless, slow, always drags the pacing down of a film. This endless, slow, you know, sneaking around the house. We know that they're not going to catch her. We know that it doesn't do anything for the the stakes to do like a cat and mouse slow sort of thing. And it just, I don't know. And, you know, of course, she develops ghost ninja powers. And it's not just exclusive to, like, women or men or anybody. It's just in these situations, no matter who it is, they develop ghost ninja powers. Or the or the, the cat or the mouse develops the ghost ninja powers. The mouse is, becomes a ninja at evading. Or the cat, person that's pursuing, becomes a ninja at pursuing. And it just kind of gets, you know, like Jason Voorhees. It just gets kind of ridiculous in, in that kind of way. Things kind of gradually fall apart until, once again... It doesn't and that's when we get that ultimate saw trap and the saw trap is they open the safe and there is an actual saw she suddenly realizes why he put the necklace on her in the first place because the the mcguffin the diamonds that are in the safe that he promised to the hitman again the hitman is the guy who assaulted his wife and that he put away in jail and that's how they like met and got married Well, they found, as he says, we found common ground. He wanted revenge for what, for her stabbing him in the eye and, you know, getting him arrested and whatnot. And and the husband wanted revenge because she was cheating on him. And so together they kind of worked together, although the hitman didn't know that the husband was dead. This is getting really confusing, even though I know I understand it. It's getting confusing just trying to explain it. But it turns into the ultimate saw trap because now he has a saw and he has to saw off her head just to get this unbreakable collar off of, her neck and then you get some magic handcuff syndrome as well where you know like the handcuffs are so easy to get on and off on and off on. you never see them they glaze over it some stories earn that right it's like oh we know that it would be a little bit more difficult but we're trying to move the story forward can you just bear with us and just let us do this and you go yeah sure and you just keep keep on keep on finally you get more metaphors her attacker hired by the husband sinks with her baggage because he then gets handcuffed to her the the husband he gets handcuffed to the husband the husband falls through the breaking lake ice the dead husband sinks the the assailant gets pulled down as well and she has to she frees herself from his grip and in doing so she she floats back to the surface and can now live her life because she's free of all the baggage the end i highly would recommend it because it's so again so far we're 5 for 5 like five really great fun entertaining films you know, uh, I would definitely recommend this. It's on Netflix. Check it out. I need to clear my palate. Maybe I'll do something older. I don't know. We'll We'll, we'll find out in 24 hours or so when I do this again. Goodbye. Peace.